Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or visit their website at greyhoundpp.com.au. We hope that you enjoy this episode and thanks to everyone for your support in promoting our wonderful industry. I start off um, having a chat about um, Sinachi and, you know, he's uh, he's starting, uh, you know, to emerge uh, in his stud career. Obviously, you know, kicked it off late last year, but sort of this year now he's starting to get more runners on the ground. How are you, um, you know, obviously he's, he's got some, some talented ones going around. Probably the one I'm talking about most is King Kuru, um, five from six. But how are you um, in terms of, you know, are you pleased with how he started at stud? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. Look, Seneki's going really good. Like he's he's covered one hundred and forty bitches. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, there's probably I probably reckon there's only about maybe six or seven litters that have started to race, and there's been winners out of every litter that's raced so far. So that that's a good start. There's been nothing um, exceptional at this stage. Like King Carew's going good. He's He's won five out of six. There's a few others in that leader. There's a uh, Queensland that have won, Tasmania won. We've had no stars in Victoria yet, but I've got the next litter. I'm actually picking up the next litter tomorrow, which the Seneca's out of power to admit, yep. which is the next litter, the power of Bud, power of Mindy and power of Janie, and the litter before that was power of Bosca. So, um, they've they've uh, been broken in, and um, Davy Jones, who owns... All them dogs, he's been free training them, and I'm looking forward to having them down tomorrow. Yeah, nice. How, uh, like, you know, like you said, to have served that many bitches in what is, at the moment, a very competitive stud market, like, that must be pleasing too. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's a hell of a lot of bitches, so he, he's definitely going to get his chance at stud. Um, so I reckon probably in the next, probably the next six months we'll probably see a majority more of them hitting the tracks i'd say yep looking back on his career i mean you know he um you know it's, uh, you know feel free to disagree with me but you know i feel like he was a little bit um underrated and not um you know when you go through and, and look at you know what he won and his track record and everything he probably you know in in some ways didn't get the recognition he um you know sort of deserved yeah i think he was a bit underrated but i think it just depends who the media follow, you know, with trainers and all that. That's the way that, that you, you generally see the rules and whatever. But, look, he was he went out and he just kept winning and he was beating all these other good dogs that are at stud now, you know. So I was never, ever disappointed with him. He, he won the majority of his races and when he did win these group races, he just put made, you know, real good dogs or grade five dogs. Yep. Is there any wins in particular, um, you know, that uh, were, you know, particularly special to you? Obviously, you know, the, the Brisbane Cup and that track record one was amazing. Is that sort of one of the ones that stands out to you? Yeah, look, he's win from, in the Maturity Classic from box eight. Look, it's very hard to try and win a race off the eight box at um, the Meadows, but especially when you're, when you're going around in a group one, but he just absolutely demoralised that field, which, you know, included uh, Whiskey Riot and Feral Frankie. And then, 
you know, the the gold bullion where he just absolutely demoralised them. Yep. Like he won by 10 lengths beating Good Lord Serrara and Feral Frankie and there was no excuses for any of them. Yep. On that night, you know what I mean? So, um, look, he was just an exceptional box dog. Very good dog. You could take him anywhere. There was no trouble in the kennels. Travelling, like I used to fly to Brisbane, he'd be the same weight as what he left here to what he what he was when he got up there. And yeah. he was just a very, very quiet. And the good dogs do everything right. Yeah. And he was a good dog from day one. Like he won his first start at Angle Park, I think, in 29.50, which is unheard yeah. of, and won by 20 lengths, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. I had him after the first three starts. He won his first three starts in Adelaide and then Kieran sent him over to me and, and he still remains here. So, um, yeah, no, no, he was an exception. I think um, I think that's a really good point too. That was going to be my next question, asking sort of like, you know, what was he like to train and travel and that sort of thing because, you know, when there's so many stud dogs out there now, people, you know, want to know those details because that's the sort of qualities, you know, as well as the on-track ability. They want their pups to be, you know, easy to train and not get worked up. I know it's not always possible, but, you know, where you can try and get that in your bloodlines, it's always helpful. Yeah, look, look, and... and uh, another good thing about him, he was, you know, for Fernando Bale, he, he raced between 33, 33 and a half to 34 kilos. And talking to the majority of breeders, um, all the Senecas are nice and big like him and have all got the placid nature, yep. the ones I've been speaking to. Yep. So, and I know the ones that I'm picking up tomorrow that, that me and Jonesy have, that they're, they're really good kennel dogs and quiet. And so um, he's certainly thrown that trait into his pups as far as I'm aware anyway. Yep. Now, going on to, um, you know, your, your training career at the moment, you're racking up a, a nice little record to start the year. I'm just going through looking at your wins, you know, in particular, you know, um, Power of Buddy and um, Power of Janie are just, um, you know, just flying for you. You must be super pleased with how your team's going. Yeah, look, look, we're going all right here at the moment. We're sitting probably about a fifty percent strike rate, I think it was when we last looked. But we we sort of we always had a boutique kennel even when I was living in Nara, you know. We sort of just keep a uh, kennel no more than ten, and um, if they can run, they'll stay. If they can't, well, well, I'll I'll move them on. Yep. But um, I have a very good relationship with with Davy Jones. Um, I gave him couple of power bitches and he more or less does all the breeding now yep. and he'll sort them all out um and the better ones come down here i've got a good relationship with with kieran corby and bill wadarski over in south australia who owns seneki and you know they uh, like just the, the 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 friendship i've had there because i at the time i had seneki uh, we know what his record was. We had Tuichiri who won, yep. who won the launching pad. We had Red Rocks. We had Gwydion, which I've still got here. We just had a little hooked on Scotch. She is Seneki's sister. Yep. Uh, um, uh, Fabwick I had here. She just had a litter to Seneki as well. One of Kieran. She's, she was a top bitch, won about 29 races or something. Um, but, yeah, I, I just have um, mainly with Jonesy and, and Kieran. And if anyone else rings up, well, we'll just see what their record is with the dog and, and we'll take them on. But, 
yeah, we just keep a, a, a boutique kennel and ones that can um, obviously have a bit of ability. Yep. Is that, does that make, you know, for any sort of trainer thinking, you know, of starting training and, you know, thinking how many dogs should I have or, or whatever, is it, you know, better that you can be more hands-on um, with a small kennel and sort of give those dogs the individual needs um, that they require? No, absolutely. I um, Sometimes I wonder about how some of these bigger kennels go. I know they have staff and all that, but uh, some of these kennels that have astronomical amount of dogs, I, I just shudder and go, oh, God, there's no way I could do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm quite settled all the way along just to have 10, and, and we do a lot of the work from our place here. We have the straight track here. And um, we can do the majority of the work here if, if we need to go for another harder run. We're only an hour up the road to Hillsville, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah nice. but no, we've got a pretty good team. And, um, yeah, power of, the, power of Buddy, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of an exception. He's, he's a bit of a freak, this dog. Yep, yeah, for sure. Speaking of um, the power name, where did the power of prefix come from? How did you come up with that? Well, I just had... Um, the first letter to Alice Dooley, who's has turned out to be just a sensational brew bitch and is still growing through her line. Well, I had the lighter fire litter that were broken in and they were about to go and and majority of them can run. And I thought, oh, I might have a prefix name and just keep all my dogs under that banner. Yep. And I just have I just haven't had the Sky Channel on, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> but there was. Um, there was a trot race on, and a horse, had, one of the trotters had just won. It was called the Perfect Power, and it had won 11 in a row. And I said, well, that's got to be a winner name, so we'll have power. And that's how it eventuated. <laughs> and where did you get the spelling from? That was the name of the, that was the, name of the, the trotter. It was a, oh, it's a Kiwi. right. Kiwi okay. Name. Yep, yep. Kiwi name that. named after a power shell, yeah. Yep. People think I'm a Kiwi because I use the name power, but... <laughs> Far from it. Yep. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you could rattle through. We could be here for hours talking about all your good powder dogs, but the one that sits up the top of the tree for me is Powder Burn, and that that golden Easter egg win. I honestly cannot to this day still watch that replay without either crying or shaking. And I'm sure yourself is probably nearly on the same page there. Oh yeah, for sure. She was she was a, a, a delight, and just. A one in a million um, dog to have, and <clears throat> excuse me, we actually have a, um, on the property we have here. We've got a couple of water tanks, and we've got a big, um, we've got one of these graffiti artists in, and we um, put the picture of her face actually on on one of the water tanks. Oh, lovely! Yeah, so it was very good to see uh, so that this guy could do it, and he'd never seen a grand before, so we had no idea, and then. <laughs> Uh, Power Bird had already passed by this stage, but we had a lovely photo for when she won the Tem Lee, and and there yeah, he, he's uh, painted on the on the on the water tank. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, nice. And obviously, as well, you know, you think about all the the good dogs are around, and you know, particularly ones that haven't yet to be inducted, but to be inducted in the Hall of Fame as well, that must have been a special moment for you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, she was she was really something out of the box, you know, from the time. Oh, she probably got to about 10, 11 months, you know what I mean? I was had her up the straight against race dogs and, you know, she was 
just beaten race dogs. Like yeah, that's true. right. That's amazing. Other than obviously, you know, her and um, Sinachi, is there any other ones that, that you've had in particular in the past that sort of stand out to you as special dogs? Oh, well, Tommy Brislane was a very special dog. He yeah. won the Dapto Megastar, I think, at start 12, I think. And I think that was his ninth or tenth win. Uh, he was a really, really good dog, and he was favourite for the top gun, and we trialled him down here, and he, and he broke his stopper bone. We finished up getting him back about 18 months later, I think, and by this time I'd moved down to Melbourne. We won first up at Warrigal with him. He then finished up making the Cranbourne Cup, uh, one at the Meadows, and we've sent him over to um, Ireland, and uh, he's... He's had a lot of winners over in Ireland. We sent him over there because we didn't think he was sort of going to make it over here as a stud dog yep. because he wasn't, you know, he, he really didn't have any stay. He wasn't at his best when he, by the time we brought him back to Melbourne. But, uh, yeah, he's over there. Um, you know, um, two other good dogs, like Tewitri was a good dog, good bitch, Gwydion. Well, she, unfortunately, she probably would have been a super, super stayer, but at a first 700 at um, at Sandown, she broke a leg and that was the end of her. Um, but Power of Buddy, he is, is a very, very special dog. He's getting, he's probably, um, probably number three on the ladder at the moment. He's probably about ready to join Seneca, I think, at number two, because yeah. he's a very, very special dog. And, and I, I got no doubts he'd be the, he, he'd be the fastest sprinter down here in Victoria. Yep. Over four, four fifty. What are the plans for him, sort of, um, you know, moving forward in the in the next little uh, time period? Well, the Shepparton Cup's on the card, which is on in two weeks, I think, ten days or something. But he, he won just outside the track record the other night at Ballarat, and he's just picked up a little injury. Um, I've just been swimming him today, so I'm just hoping that we can have him right for the Shepparton Cup. Yep. Um, apart from that, he would then, um, after the Shepherd and Cup all going well, probably go up to Wenty, probably probably get a, a few looks in there, come back to the Ballarat Cup. Uh, the Million Dollar Chase is going to be going to be his main target, apart from the Country Cups here in Victoria. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, we were actually going to come up there um, a couple of weeks ago, but with the horrendous rain that was going on up in Sydney, it wasn't worth yeah. wasn't worth risking him. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because he's had a few trials around Sandown and uh, a lot of post to post around Sandown and Meadows, and he goes uh, pretty pretty quick. So we've got to step him out in the five hundred yet. Yep. 
And, you know, what was uh, behind your decision, you know, obviously moving from New South Wales down to Melbourne? Was it just sort of, um, you know, in your opinion, better opportunities down there for the dogs to race? Yeah. Yeah, it was better opportunities. I, I, I you know, there's a lot more one-turn tracks down here. Yeah. Uh, which I think, especially young dogs, gives them time to balance up instead of trying to put them straight into two turns. Um yeah, New South Wales is probably lacking in that department. I know um, on the south coast they only had Bulleye Gold at the time, wasn't a real crash hot track. Um, then up north they had Maybell, I know Grafton's now got one, but they probably do need a few more one-turn tracks, especially for young dogs. Yeah. And, yeah, the opportunities, opportunities were a lot better down here. Yeah. And it was, and to be honest, it's the best move I've, I've ever done because we've, lot, we've won a you know, a lot of group races since we've been down here. Yep, yep, no, for sure. And just, you know, for anybody sort of looking to get into the training side of it, what are some of the, you know, key things that, you know, you implement in your training regime that seem to just work and, you know, make the dogs happy and, you know, get the best out of them for you? Well, I think you just got to have patience to start with, especially with young dogs. Um, and then... As you move on, you, you want to make sure that you that you feed them right. Uh, you work you work the grain to that dog's um, ability. Some need less work. Some need a lot more work. Yeah. And listen to the people that have success, um, because you you can go to the track and everyone can give you advice. Yeah. But you really need to listen to the better ones. The yep. better trainers will. will, will will help you, they'll guide you all the way along and their their advice is a lot more um, well it's, it's a lot more, it's a way better than listening to everybody else but the same old story is you can take as much in, much into your ears as you like and you throw the other half out the other side. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's just common sense, feed them well, keep them sound, make sure you've got a good vet or Someone that that you know that that can um, detect injuries. Yep. And keep him healthy and clean inside. That's the thing that the outside of the greyhound will tell you if he's healthy. You've been listening to the Greyhound Girl podcasts with Dimity Ma, proudly brought to you by Greyhound Performance Products. You can find them on Facebook or their website, greyhoundpp.com.au.